It's Sex and the Sarah Rose Story. I'm Sarah Rose, and I'm here, as always, with another story for you. And today I'm so excited because my story includes one of my dearest friends, one of my favorite people in the whole world, Haley Quinn. Haley is a top dating coach in London. She's just here to give you so much amazing information and just to have a good time. Hey, Haley, good to have you. Oh, thanks for having me back. I always love doing kind of work with you. And I'm curious, is this, this, is this a story from your time in London? <laughs> we will definitely have to go over a story from my time in London. <laughs> Uh, Haley and I have some good stories from my time in London. <laughs> yeah, I so want you to come back next year. Next year, we have to make it happen. You know, absolutely. I was really hoping we could make it happen this summer, but life happens and, uh, you know, it's going to work out. We'll, I've, yeah, I don't think we're the only ones that aren't traveling very far <laughs> this year. We're going to be sitting on our butts in our home countries, hopefully doing some cool podcasts and stuff, though. Exactly. But I'm really, um, I can't, I mean, I can't imagine what the world would be like if we're not able to travel next summer. So we're going to plan on that. We're going to do something amazing. And yeah, in the meantime, we'll keep collaborating, you know, across the ocean as we have been. So, but tell everyone a little bit about you, Haley. What is your story? How did you become London's most fabulous dating coach? Wow. You know what? I didn't ever, you know, this might make you feel good. I didn't actually decide one day that I was going to be a dating coach. It really happened organically. Probably it was over a decade ago. I found, I stumbled across a very famous book that I'm sure lots of listeners will have heard about, which is called The Game, which is this kind of pickup Bible, which teaches men how they can kind of seduce and attract women. And when this came out, it was super controversial, but it really opened up this whole underground industry of men teaching other men seduction techniques. Obviously, I was in equal parts horrified, annoyed, fascinated, and curious. So um, after I found that, I kind of took to Twitter and I started to try and connect with some of these pickup gurus who were in the game and sort of posed as a mega fan of their work, kind of managed to blag my way in to be part of some of their seminars and actually got a, a couple of jobs, which at the time I was like, great, someone's paying me to do something, this is fantastic to be a blogger for them and also to offer like the female opinion at their workshops. Now, after some time, obviously I came up with my own thoughts about not just seduction, but the whole process of dating between men and women. And I decided I didn't just want to work with men. Um, so I wanted to work with both men and women equally, and also not just from a heterosexual orientation. You know, I was like, you know what, actually learning skills about how to become better at meeting people, how to feel more confident in yourself. This is like stuff that everyone, this should be like taught in schools. Like this is really important. So then I built up my own company, which has now grown a lot. And we're totally, we're equal opportunities. We just love teaching anything about dating and confidence to the people that we meet. And in the meantime, I've been lucky enough to do a TEDx talk, which was got a, which kind of went viral and did really well. I'm a big on, big on the YouTube and I'm also a spokesperson at the moment for Match, which are the biggest online dating company in the world. So basically, 24-7, all I do is talk to people and talk about issues related to dating. And I speak to not just men or not just women. I talk to everyone. 
So because of this, I think I'm lucky that I've got kind of a unique insight into what people think about, what people worry about, and then also some really practical steps about how you can improve your dating life. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing that you have basically taken over the dating world in the way that you have and are able to just like really help people where they're at. I mean, it's such a huge issue that men have, but everyone has, right? Like everyone needs help with communication, especially in this digital age. And you do a really good job of helping people navigate that. So I'm curious more about your time in the, uh, the pickup artist world. And can you tell us more about that? Yeah, it was wild. Because <laughs> <Sure>. um, <laughs> for a while, and I've kind of reflected on this, and I think it was because I never wanted to date a pickup artist. Can I just be clear when I say I spent time in the dating world? It didn't mean that I was having romantic love affairs with these pickup artists. I wasn't. I actually, But one of the ways I think I sort of, I guess friend zoned myself is that I really took on the culture of pickup artists. And that's not just about picking people up. That was actually about having a digital business, living very nomadically. So I kind of traveled all over the world, whether it was America, Eastern Europe, Asia, teaching this stuff. And I was like hanging out with the boys, you know, I was like their like female BFF. So I kind of got the inside scoop. And I also got really indoctrinated in this idea, which was quite out there, I guess, of, you know what, you actually don't just have to meet people via online dating or social circles. You can actually just walk right up to someone and start a conversation with them. And as someone who'd been previously really introvert, well, I am still definitely an introvert. That was like, that was amazing for me. I was totally radicalized. I loved it. And I had a really great time and I made some amazing friends. And there is a lot of dodgy scummy stuff out there in the pickup industry which I in no way endorse or think is cool or productive however there are some people that are trying to do some good and I think the core principle of hey you know it doesn't matter if you're not the best looking or it doesn't matter you know where you come from you can actually see dating as an aspect of personal development and you can work on yourself and you can improve I still really love that message and I think actually it's a message that's not just important for the guys of the world to hear, but it's also important for women who I think often when we talk about women's dating stuff, it's very disempowering and very limited. So I think if we can take the good bits from the world of pickup and kind of make it a bit less slimy and a bit more egalitarian, then we're on to a winner. Yeah, I'm sure every woman has had some slimy encounter with someone in the pickup artist world. And it's, it really has given that world a bad name. But you're right, like, they're the nuggets of it, like the core of it, I think it really is they're designed to help people because men are really suffering. You know, mm. there's like, they're really trying to have relationship with people, have sex with people, and they're just not being successful. And so I'm helping men in that space. I totally get that effort. Um, I feel like it's so unfortunate though, how some of it has a uh, gone awry <laughs> totally and it doesn't help the guys because I hear you as well I think there's you know obviously there's not that's not to say that women or other people from other backgrounds don't have plenty of stuff stacked against them or you know obstacles that they can encounter when trying to meet people but I think often it's not really acknowledged the challenges that say heterosexual guys 
face in the modern day world when it comes to you know accessing normal human things like intimacy sexuality dating relationships and so i think it's good actually to shine a light on the fact that you know this isn't a one-way street in fact it's two-way and that there's plenty of obstacles that men have to also overcome and that actually men have feelings too and their needs and their wants and really not are not different to anybody else's and it's a shame that you have obviously some people teaching some really extreme things out there whether that's MGTOW, incel which give this idea or there's this idea of toxic masculinity but really that doesn't apply like most men are also men who would just love to have an easier route to build those connections with women or whoever else and i think often their problems aren't really identified or talked about yeah absolutely i see this you know the guys in my man on fire the group coaching program that i do are just really great guys that are doing their best you know and some of them have relationships in the past i mean they've all had relationships in the past that have ended some are in uh, relationships now some are desiring relationships some are just trying to heal before going into a new relationship you know but it's like we're all just people and we all have struggles regardless of our gender and I love how you and I are definitely on the same page about empowering men to be amazing confident men in this day and age and you know you and I are very strong empowered women and like we've talked before, we desire to have a man uh, or men around us by our side that is also a strong and empowered man. And mm. so that's the the dark side of like some of what's been um, projected through feminist movement um, has been like, let's bring men down. And of course, mm. once again, this isn't all feminists i consider myself a feminist but like the portion of feminism that has been the male suppression like the anger towards men men need to pay that just isn't serving and there are so many guys out there that are just doing their best that want to really connect and they're really struggling because of all of this yeah 100% you know and as someone you know and i would say like I try because I work with men and women equally. I try and speak about people in a way that's mutually respectful and I, th I would hope relatively balanced and fair. But I would still, to some people, be teaching some stuff that's a little bit out there. You know, like I, I think it's, for instance, it's totally fine for people to seek to meet one another during, say, the daytime, as long as it's done with respect. And that, that could be a man meeting a woman or a woman meeting a man or woman, woman, man, man, doesn't matter. So I think it's less about the environment. It's more about educating people that there is probably a better way to do things and a not so good way of doing things. And to me, that's far smarter than just simply saying men shouldn't approach women. You know, because, you know, actually, quite it was, I'm sure that there are some women out there who might feel that way. There's also a lot of women who would be, would be open to that and who want to explore it. So I think rather than coming to a hard and fast judgment or set of rules that you, what you can and can't do or assuming that everyone doesn't want something, I think the only right way we can go about things is being like, you know, it's okay to maybe try to start to have a conversation with a person of course if that person isn't receptive and doesn't seem to be enjoying the interaction then 100% walk away let it go try to leave them in a better place 
but don't not do anything at all. Uh, and I think that's kind of a crux of what could happen with shaming of guys. I think lots of men are very confused as to how to walk the line between being respectful, which they want to do, because these are, you know, these are guys who respect their mums and their sisters. They don't want to be harassing. They don't want to be creepy. But at the same time, they also want to find a way that they can express sexuality or desire or attraction in a way that will make help the woman to recognize clearly what their intentions are. And that actually, in my mind, is important because how can you come to a clear decision about what potential relationship you might like to have with someone unless there's clear communication around that? And I th so I think it's kind of shaming men or making it impossible for them to find any avenues to express their desire is kind of going down the wrong track. Of course, unsolicited dick pics, who needs that? You know, there's some things that are obviously not, not right or that won't work for a lot of people. However, there still has to be a way that men can demonstrate that attraction and be open to their sexuality in a way that is positive and it's safe and it's respectful as well. So that's kind of why I love the work that you're doing out there. Yeah, you know, because we all really desire to be in a more empowered world and strong men are attractive, confident men are attractive. And speaking of dick pics, when you said that <laughs> triggered, I, I got a new I got a new one for my coffee table book yesterday. <laughs> what? So I basically like every time I get sent a dick pic, I'm saving it and collect like making basically like a collage of all the dick pics I get. And then I'm going to create a book someday. I love that. Is that going to be your coffee table? Like, like one of those like arty photography yes. things. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's very empowering. I like that. I mean, I've seen some other funny responses like, you know, this, this uh, doesn't fit our requirements. So we're going to have to return this to sender. I also think for the guys out there, the funniest way I ever heard it described is that like for most, unless, and I think here's the thing, it's all about when you have mutual attraction and consent, right? Because if you're really, if you're into a guy and you've swapped numbers and you've maybe had a degree of physical contact and the chat is getting a bit edgier and sexier and then suddenly you're swapping pictures, there's a time and a place where that might be received actually really well. However, if it's kind of out of the blue with no context to a random woman on Instagram or someone that you've just met or a woman on a dating app, she is literally going to receive that image with the enthusiasm of like as if her cat had bought in a dead bird. It's like that. <laughs> it's like, exactly. what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> It's like, uh, um, awkward. Uh, yeah. And it's also like, it doesn't, um, I guess it comes from not recognizing what, you know, how to encourage female desire that I know that it's, I don't necessarily buy that argument that men are all visual and we're, and women are all story based. I think there's, it's not as hard and fast as that, but generally speaking, whilst you might love it, if a random woman on Instagram, you know, sent you a picture of her boobs, it just doesn't work the other way around, like 99.9% of the time. So I would suggest, you know, thinking about, I think it's a really good way, though, to think, start to think about what the difference is between men and women's desire and also looking to build relationships and co-create them in a way that's like consensual and exciting. Because it's not that women aren't sexual beings or don't want to have relationships with men 
It's just how they access that and go about it might be different. So how are you helping people date in the time of coronavirus? <laughs> I know, right? It's like, what a great <laughs> celibacy belt for everybody. <laughs> well, here's what I would say. If you're kind of stuck at home right now and you're in the middle of COVID-19, which is obviously not great for anyone, in times of crisis, if there's one thing that we know for sure, which I think will probably come out in the wash next year, it's not that people go off having relationships with one another. In fact, you know, consistently, no matter how tough it's getting out there, we usually have baby booms and stuff following difficult periods. So whilst that might not seem very likely during social distancing, what it does tell us is that that human desire to want to connect and have relationships with people, that doesn't really go away just because we're kind of a bit more limited or a lot more limited in how we can go about doing that. So I think there's a few things. I think, first of all, there's plenty of stuff you can still do. Obviously, we're lucky that we can meet people online, messaging, video chat dates. Like, there's more stuff than ever before that we can kind of stay connected. It could also be, if you've had a bit of a rough time with dating, it could be good, actually, to have a bit of a hiatus from it and do some use this time for a bit of personal development and self-reflection. So there's, there's definitely routes to stuff you can do. And also, I think that some of the trends that we might see out the other side of this might not be bad. Like, if you think about it, right now, what it's making us do is it's making us having kind of like an extended courtship period where we have to talk to one another. And there isn't that ability to really quickly kind of meet in person. And I can see some benefits to that. And not just benefits for the women out there, also benefits for the guys. So for the women... If they have been, I think, well, let me speak more generally first. I think a big problem with modern dating up until now has been that people can come to really hard and really fast decisions about who is right or wrong for them without really um, getting to know another person. And actually, this is kind of affects guys, I would say heterosexual guys, more strongly. So whilst they might be more willing or inclined to give things a go, I think as women face such phenomenal time pressure around dating, like, you know, they better hurry up, they don't want to get left on the shelf, have they found anyone yet? Because of that, I think women are almost primed to make these really fast snap decisions based on very limited criteria about someone. Now, what this virus is actually doing is it's eliminating our ability to just like go out, have a really rushed you know, 45 minute coffee date with someone, walk through the door and decide we don't fancy them or don't like the color of their shoes and stop it. <laughs> you know, instead, <laughs> yes. we're actually having to talk to one another and try and communicate. And I would say like how, how easy it is to communicate with someone, how consistent they're being, effort, like these are all actually way, 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 way better indicators of compatibility and the potential for a relationship. So I think it could be good in terms of helping us to reevaluate some of our standards around dating. I also think that it could be a good time to also help us make our boundaries a bit clearer. Like to state the obvious, if some like, oh in fact, in fact, stop the hold the phone, my uh, assistant, who is a 27-year-old woman living in London, she literally got a message that describes this perfectly and I'm gonna read it out verbatim. Yeah. So she so she got a message from a guy on a dating app. Mm -hmm. who says hey you want to meet up quick thought it would be nice don't worry we can stay one meter away from each other smiley face with a little sweat drop emoji we can go for a walk in the park not sure if a coffee shop is pub and open you're free after five like 
this is like the day after that or two days after our prime minister said that we absolutely have to stay at home and we're totally not allowed to meet anybody else and actually everywhere all everywhere apart from grocery stores and pharmacies is shut so it's pretty serious so right. right so what can we tell about like how this guy is approaching the dating prince he doesn't he obviously doesn't really give much of a give us good swear and you know what i'm going to say about the <laughs> about obviously what the, what we've been told to do by the government but that also to me would say like where's like doesn't really showing a lot of social conscious here it's kind of like he's chancing his arm and just mm-hmm. trying and whilst i would normally say you can't knock a trier i think that what he's demonstrating he's not really showing a lot of care or respect for her he's just kind of trying to he's probably feeling like oh no you know this could be chastity season for like two months i better try and move fast so right. I think way it's quite good because it will show who's going to be more respectful of your boundaries and perhaps who's being more sincere in a way that's transparent and finally i think we probably see quite a few people rekindling stuff with their exes yes uh, I, I was gonna ask what what should people do about these text messages from their exes oh no it's like it's like it's i've definitely word. been getting the messages from the exes oh you know what i say as well i don't like if there's any well i guess more women out there if you get a message saying happy new years or how's the self-isolation going it's like some people have been waiting on that day so they have the excuse to kind of like wheedle their way back in there and say and <laughs> say how are you how's it going i would just knock i know it's hard because you're like it feels safe it's like a known quantity it probably eliminates that feeling of stranger danger that you might have from meeting somebody new but you know first of all it doesn't because there's still someone that you shouldn't be having social contact with and secondly like when you go back to something I think a lot of the time it honestly it reopens the wound it loops you back into something if there was probably a very good reason why it didn't work out in the first place and a question I've actually been asked quite a lot on Instagram during COVID-19 is how can I tell if someone's interest in me is genuine during this time or they're just bored and they want someone to chat to? And if it is your ex say, sending you a, hey, what's up kind of message, I would definitely put that in the they're bored category and I wouldn't mm-hmm. be responding to it. <laughs> Good advice from Hayley Quinn. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's always a reason the, we ended the relationship with the ex. There's no need to go back. <laughs> No, you've done. You've already done the recon. You've done the research. So just like, just leave it there. Because also, I have to say, one of the best pieces of advice I think about moving on from an ex or on this topic is you kind of have to to stop feeling that pull back to them. Like, oh, I just really want to like get to know them again. Sometimes you have to just. It sounds a bit woo woo, but you have to grow into a different version of yourself. Like you have to be different to that person who found that behavior attractive and exciting or intense or whatever. So if you're feeling that temptation rather than act on it, maybe see that as a, recognize that as a sign of like, okay, you know what, maybe I need to actually, you know, archive that chat to, you know, to put my phone on airplane mode, sit with my feelings for a bit and focus on growing, you know, healing a bit and actually growing out of that situation. So the next time that mofo messages out of the blue, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just don't feel the temptation anymore. You know, yeah. I kind of, because I've had that experience. I know what it's about. It was, it was fine. It was good. It was bad. It was this, it was that. But like, I need something different now. 
And I think that's a really powerful, sometimes I think when you're dating, it's so much less about impressing the other person. It's so much more about getting yourself in the right mindset and also taking actions that build your self-esteem. And going back to an ex is rarely a self-esteem building action. So I'm going to be curious to see if this baby boom actually happens after the coronavirus, because I get the whole baby boom after a crisis thing, but we're in a different day and age right now. And so while we still have those basic human desires, we're also in a period where we have, where we're so bombarded by information constantly Mm. And the, you know, the constant, like every 10 seconds, our Facebook feed, our Instagram feed, the, you know, our emails are being blown up with these apocalyptic uh, type messages for us. And that really shuts down the, our sex drive. And so many people, I mean, even before this happened, what we've seen with millennials and Gen Z is that they were having less sex because Mm. of this information overload. People are just feeling exhausted. They're just emotionally worn out from the constant information overload that they're having. And so during this time of COVID-19, the information load is even more intense than it was, you know, even a month ago or two weeks ago. And so actually more people are saying that they're they're not having sex they're too stressed out to have sex right now so it's going to be interesting to see if this crisis results in the same way that crisis crises have in the past from what i'm hearing people are not having sex and i am encouraging guys to not let their sex drives die right now mm. Um, because that is something you just don't want to let happen. You're basically digging yourself into a hole that's going to be harder to get out of. So I've been holding weekly webinars, helping guys with, to manage their stress, to stay turned on, um, giving them practices because, uh, you know, we got to keep our immune systems boosted. Orgasms mm-hmm. are a great way of boosting the immune system so we can stay resistant, resilient right now and not letting ourselves become overwhelmed with anxiety, depression, all of that. Uh, so, And also, I guess, just being in our heads too much and having a real disconnect from the body yeah and all the practices that i teach are all body-based practices so it's really about the sensations in the body tapping into those sensations being present with those sensations you know the desire for orgasm the desire for sex may be there and if you're able to disconnect from the media for a while and you know follow the sensations then that's actually going to be a really healthy place for you to be we have to take a break from the constant bombardment of information Mm. that's coming in and i mean it's like every every 10 minutes literally it's like breaking news breaking news breaking news (laughs) it's so easy to get sucked in like i have to say normally maybe it's the entrepreneur thing or i'm just I just like, don't check the new, like, I don't, I'm not aware normally of anything to current affairs, which isn't necessarily something to be proud of. But even I found myself like every night when the news comes on, we all sit down. It's like the war listening to the radio and we all watch the news and I am on my news app. Like my phone usage has gone through the roof this past week, just through reading, reading all these stories. And it definitely, I think is going to create this underlying 
residue of stress. I also think that potentially relationships could be having a difficult time right now because you know, we know that a bit of space is really good for eroticism. And when we kind of live on top of one another and don't have any personal space or any outlet, that can kind of dampen desire. And I think with people having to work from home, children being sent home from schools, not really being allowed to go out too much, like, I think it'd be difficult as well for couples to get through this time. And I think a statistic that we saw after the Wuhan went through their period of social distancing is that divorces spiked, which was to the surprise of no one, because what do you do if you have like no personal space, major underlying residual anxiety from all the news, children potentially at home, financial pressures. It's just like the worst combination of stuff to encourage kind of good continual relationships between people. Yeah, absolutely. And relationships are definitely at risk right now. You know, this, like you said, the stats are there and it's just, it's overwhelming pressure that people are dealing with so much uncertainty. I think, I think the uncertainty is like really such a huge aspect of this. We just don't know what's going to happen, how this is going to impact Mm -hmm. us, you know, both on a health level and an economic level. And so as much as, you know, I can support people, I'm definitely doing my best to do that right now. Because in this time, we can still thrive, you know, like I have my routine of tantric practices that I do every day, like I have my toolbox that I can go to where it's like, all right, I'm feeling this right now, I know I need this. And like, I can diagnose myself and the guys in my man on fire program, I teach them how to do that for themselves also. Like, yeah, I actually, I lead them. I give them new practices every single week um, and they can come to me if they need something specific, but I also help them learn how to diagnose themselves and become empowered. So that way, you know, they don't need somebody else to say, okay, now do this, right? Like they can say, wow, I'm really experiencing this right now. And I know I need this tool and, and, bring that out and and do this work themselves. And, you know, doing five to 20 minutes of breath practices, moving your energy through your body, deep belly breathing, focusing on the sensations in your body, repeating the mantra, I am safe, I am safe, I am safe. Like that goes so far when you're feeling overwhelmed, anxiety, depression, and these things have, were already very present with so many people in society, and this additional stress that we're going through right now is really overwhelming a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Funny you should say that, because I actually think, just as you pointed out, that uncertainty is this like major problem or a major challenge that people face in the early stages of dating, like living with that. If you think about it, uh, funnily enough, my most popular blog is, why hasn't he text back in two days? <laughs> and it's like, it's that same thing. It's like, uh, you know, when you first meet someone, you feel a bit more emotionally exposed, especially if you know you like them, then it's like, how do I deal with that uncertainty of actually the fact that I just don't know this person right now? I don't really know what they're looking for. I'm not sure if they haven't messaged me back in a couple of days, what this means, if it means anything at all. I don't know how this is going to turn out. 
I don't know if we're going to be that compatible sexually, you know, whatever it is. There's just lots of unknowns that you have to experience and go through when you first meet someone. And I think your ability to kind of deal with that uncertainty, it's almost like being able to take a little bit of that pressure, not create stories in your head around what things might mean and be able to be calm and centered during that time is actually fundamentally important to making good decisions of, you know, of all those little mini things, like should I message her or not? What does that mean? Like by being able to create practices for yourself that give you that grounded sense that will really help you to make better decisions at the start of the dating process and not be so reactive to things. Yeah, absolutely. I'm wondering what, if any, suggestions you have for people that are in relationship, living together, and not able to get the space, the privacy they need right now to fuel their eroticism. Mm, It is definitely challenging. I would say that if there's any way of creating a bit of separateness in your living space. I mean, for some people that might be easy for them. They might have, you know, that one person goes in one room to do their stuff. The other person goes in the other room to do their work. And so you can kind of still convene after that. For other people, they're going to be living in a much kind of more smaller physical space. And that's going to be more challenging. I would say to do, to remember that first of course, your partners can't possibly meet all of your emotional needs because they're just one person. So still to create time and priorities for chatting to other friends and family. Do stuff explicitly for yourself, like running a bath and shutting the door (laughs) and locking the door on the bathroom. Really, you know, doing some self-care is a wonderful thing to do. Likewise, physical exercise is amazing. You might want to do that separately and just, I mean, for myself, like as soon as I finish my work day, I just like going for a walk solo with my headphones in. It really helps me to decompress. So you can choose to do stuff separately. And sometimes if you do things together, it doesn't always have to be doing things together that either A, what you know, watching something on the internet or something on the TV, which again, I think puts our brains into a weird state and makes us disconnected and stressed and all that present, nor does it have to be actually actively talking to one another. Sometimes doing some like an activity together, but somewhat in silence is a nice way to kind of enjoy someone's company and presence, but without feeling like this constant need to kind of communicate with them. So you might want to go old school, turn the TV off, get a puzzle, start a project together. You might want to do some exercise together every day. So you're kind of participating in something you like, but you're not actually actively communicating. And sometimes those could be good ways to build a bit of bonding without feeling like you're living in a pressure cooker of just having kind of too much of one another and not enough space to decompress. Yeah, it's really important to to find ways to do that. I'm encouraging solo sex practices right now. Um, clearly, if you're in relationship, you can do that as well. But this is a great opportunity for guys to use this time to become sexual masters, to become the sex god that they want to be, right? You can spend time scrolling through Instagram or playing video games 
or you can actually achieve something, right? And so this is totally. a great opportunity to, to develop yourself sexually and to come out of this a much better empowered version of yourself than you ever were before. So I have sex stallion training and man on fire. And both of those are practices that you do in your own home on your own without a partner. And then once you learn the practices, then you do them with a partner, but it's so much easier to learn on your own. So using this time wisely rather than <laughs> just getting fat. <laughs> well, it's true. You know, like the best thing I heard said about this is imagine, think of it this way, what are 95 or more percent of people going to be doing? They're going to be like, right, it's like a big snow day. It's like the world is having a snow day and they're just going to sit around, they're going to watch Netflix and they're going to veg, which is fine for a bit. But if you could be someone that's actually proactive and decides to work on an aspect of yourself during this time, you're going to accelerate your learning curve massively and you'll do something purposeful and you're going to keep switched on. So I'm 100% behind doing you know, your daily tantra practices. I also found that there's been a little interesting spike in people coming to me and actually being like, you know what, I've been waiting for my diary to be clear so I can learn about this stuff. You know, I can learn how to be better at communicating with women or how to send those messages. So I think if you can take it, look at it that way and be like, you know, amazing. I've got this time now of like, I can actually work on myself. It can turn this whole experience could be a major, major positive and as for the work that you do, Sarah, I think also very pleasurable <laughs> too. And Haley, you have an online program, right? Yeah, absolutely. Something that um, is called Unite and something that I really realized from being a dating coach for over 10 years and working with men and women equally is that often, particularly when guys are in that dating process, they approach it like it, it's all on them. You know, everything about making that first move to allowing her to see you as a sexually attractive man to knowing how to progress and build a relationship with her, that the buck stops with the guy. And now after years of working with women as well, I started to see dating as much more of a two-way process. And I thought, you know what, if instead of just teaching this from one side, how cool would it be if I could not only give guys a step-by-step -step process from how to meet women in real life, how to meet them online, how to message women effectively, how to ask them out on dates, how to introduce touch and flirtation into their interactions with women, what if I could do that, but at the same time, I could also show them the equal and opposite modules that I teach to women as well. So there's total transparency. And so for the guys out there, if you want to get an amazing insight into how women view the dating process, and you also want to view dating less like it's all on you and more like there's this amazing dance that's going on here. And for every step I take forward, there's actually a step forward I should be looking out for from her. So Unite lifts the lid on that. And we also have some amazing bonuses, including an awesome interview with Sarah herself, who kind of like, I like to think like, while I cover off the dating bit, like helping you to meet, attract and date an amazing woman, after things start to go well, that's where I pass the baton over to Sarah and she takes over from there. <laughs> it's an incredible program and guys that um I've worked with that have also gone through it have you know reported back that they're loving it um every everyone that I work with that has also worked with you Haley speaks so highly of you they're just like Haley's amazing she's incredible she's the best she helped me so much so you are an 
awesome resource and I really hope that more people will take advantage of what you have put out there and provide for for men and for women both. Let's move into story time. <laughs> so very important part of Sex and the Sarah Rose story. Let's tell our audience a bit about our story time together in London. I'll let you start. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have to say, like, I'm a little bit of an introvert here, and I don't usually, like, immediately want to be like, I take my time getting to know people, but I remember from the second we sat down at a hotel in, like, a kind of trendy area of East London. I was like, I really like this woman. We're going to have an amazing time. And then we hung out a bunch of times over that week. My favorite memory that immediately springs to mind is we were in some fancy kind of club, which was in Mayfair. Like, and I remember you having this radar for the more sexually switched on men (laughs) that were around you. It was like ESP or something. (laughs) Yeah, I remember. Okay, so the way I remember it is (laughs) that we were at this, it was a singles party, remember? I don't remember uh, which company it was for, but every person there at the club was single. And so, you know, basically you don't have to worry. You got your pick, you know. that. (laughs) Maybe if you're you, you got your pick. (laughs) I don't know if everyone felt that way. Okay, well, maybe I I usually feel like that. (laughs) But somehow I lost you. I didn't, I don't know if we got separated. And so I was like, all right, I'm just gonna, you know, do my thing. And I usually will, when I go into a venue, I'll do a walkthrough. Like when I'm in Austin, I'll have like my, my gay husband, Case Erickson with me. And he's, we'll be like, all right, let's do our rounds. <laughs> so, so I did my rounds. <laughs> I'm lucky. I'm glad you're saying this, by the way, because this is exactly what I teach women to do. I get, I'm like, let's walk around the room. You know, let's show all those single guys there that we are here. We have arrived. <laughs> see who's being responsive to that. Oh, see, see, that wasn't my perspective. Um, for me, it's more of I'm on the hunt. <laughs> I'm looking for the one I want, not letting them know I'm here. <laughs> like doing my rounds, spotting the one I want. And so uh, I remember like walking through and it was packed in there. Like it was like literally shoulder to shoulder. And I like made my way through and some guys were like stopping me and saying, hey, and I'm just like, hey, but kept moving. And I saw a guy ahead of me who was actually standing at the bar. And I remember even right now talking about it, I feel myself getting turned on. And I like saw him just from behind and just had that magnetic charge happen. You know, just the, the internal light up my pussy, my insides are like starting to tingle. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so walked up stood next to him and we started talking and he tells me that he works in in finance and I'm like all right you know I mean this is London that's typical right well then the real story comes out (laughs) so 
So this guy was a, a dancer, a stripper, uh, and he had just that week gotten a job working in finance. And so, um, so anyway, we ended up going and spending the rest of the night together and like literally, we had sex for like five hours. It was amazing. Um, so <laughs> that was fun. But you did a good job then. So basically a random group of like 500 guys, you picked the man who could keep up with you. Somehow. Somehow. It's like a magic power. I bet more women would want that if you could bottle it. Yeah, it was it was great. But that was just, that was a fun party. But we had a lot of fun uh little adventures in that week in London. But yeah, I remember meeting you at the hotel and I was just like, wow, she's really fucking cool. And I was so excited um to make that connection. And who would have known what has transpired since then? <laughs> exactly exactly and i said you know it's all summer 2021 sarah we'll be back back. yes absolutely so how can people find you Haley? Uh, well if you want to find me on instagram you can go to at Haley quim h-a-y-l-e-y-q-u-i-n-n-x it's an english spelling I'm actually, I don't know when this uh, podcast is coming out, but I'm actually doing some free webinars on dating during coronavirus. So I'm going to put some, a link in my Instagram bio. So well worth checking that out. And also if you want to ch- look at my Unite program, if I'm sure Sarah will post a link to that. That's really, if you're like, I'm ready to take this stuff seriously <laughs> and I really want to learn, then that would be the best route for you. Yeah, I will absolutely. I can put um, a link in the uh, the bio for this podcast so people can click on that and find you. Yeah, well, it's always so amazing to talk with you, and I just love you so much. I absolutely adore you, and so grateful that you're in my life and that we're able to do these fun collaborations together. I know, and we just have to cling on in there. A few more, like a little bit more on Instagram. A few more podcasts. And then 12 months time, we'll be having a nice glass of rosé wine in the middle of London and we'll come back with another story. Oh my God, we will. I mean, yeah, we're going to have to do something really amazing because as long as we've been planning and talking about this, (laughs) I know, it's going to have to be like really like the most epic event ever (laughs) don't worry i'm saving up my energy you know like uh, um i've got it all stored up ready to go so another 12 months i'll be like on fire (laughs) so yeah thank you so much for having me i loved it as ever and have a really good rest of your day over there and thank you to everybody who's listened keep checking out sarah's stuff she's the best and i look forward to speaking to you soon all right bye bye